Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Alright everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where we have our special guest, Carrie Patel, on to talk about her latest book, The Song of the Dead, which concludes the series, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That is correct. So, uh, we get to learn a lot of stuff, you know, like the the lost histories of the catastrophe will be revealed if I remember. Read things correctly, and you're kind of tying all the loose ends into a nice bundle to finish this series off. Yes. But do you really? I mean, this is this is it. This is, or is it like a cliffhanger kind of thing? With you know, there could be something more in the future. But this, or is this like it? Or am I allowed to ask that? You can ask, ask that. that. Is that spoilers? <laughs> no, that's a perfectly fair question. Um, I definitely intend this to be the end of the series and the end of the story for these characters. I mean. You can always find other stories about the world, but I think this definitely closes the loop for these characters. Um, answers the questions, hopefully, that the reader had about the world they were exploring. Nice. So, uh, yeah, the really cool thing about concluding everything is we get, we finally get to hear the end stories for these characters and the overall story arc, because I, I know every novel itself has had an arc it's in, in itself, but now we have that overall arc that's finally coming to a conclusion. Yeah, and that was that was a lot of fun to write, and not just um, you know, and not just closing out the characters, but also closing out the world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one thing with these books is that the worlds expanded a bit in each of them. Uh, the first one was very much about the city of Recoleta. The second one was about the larger political conflicts between Recoleta and its neighboring cities. And then this one takes an even wider lens um, and looks at what's going on in the world at large and sort of how how the events that shaped Recoleta shaped some of these, shaped more distant communities. Um, you know, and, and for the characters as well, it's been fun because I think they've really gotten a chance to transform. Uh, one of my... One of my real goals from from the time I wrote the uh, the outline for the second book, actually, was to find a good opportunity to pit Jane and Malone, uh, the two series protagonists, in opposition to one another. Um, and so I think a, a nice consequence of having sort of developed them with, uh, you know, parallel storylines and sort of um, separate experiences with slightly different sets of events was that they really got the chance to develop on their own uh, and to develop 
different stories about what was happening around them. And I think that set them up in this book, um, you know, to begin as enemies almost. Now, That's really cool. Yeah, that was. So was it a little bit more freeing to be able to pull back that lens and kind of expand the world uh, with each book where the first one was kind of narrow focused? Yeah, it was. And, and I think it was, I, I'd say freeing, but also constricting in the right way. You know, I, I know there are all sorts of different approaches to reading and writing fantasy. And there are some people who are you know, all about the world building and what they really want to do is tell you about the world, but they're going to wrap it up in a story. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm a little more story and character focused, you know, so for me, uh, you know, figuring out the world, I guess kind of comes second almost, you know, or Mm -hmm. it certainly doesn't come first. And so, you know, being able to sort of start and slowly zoom out gave me the opportunity to also figure out well, you know, what's the story about? What are these characters about, you know, as we go forward, as opposed to committing to a very specific and all-encompassing idea of what happened, you know, and then sort of having to hope that that still felt fresh uh, in later books. So, you know, I liked that the local focus of the books slowly grew. Um, I think it was, you know, good for me and good for readers to to build on that and to, to expand, but I'm also glad that it didn't happen too quickly. If it means anything as a reader, like that, that that's something that I actually appreciate and hate at the exact same time. Like <laughs> it's, it's like there's training wheels on you as you're reading because part of you wants to know that huge story, but at the same time, looking back at different books that I've read, I actually appreciate the story that starts with the characters, develops those guys first on the smaller scale, and then broadens out to the l- yeah. larger world because suddenly you have a basis in this fantasy reality. Fantastical right. Re- fa- fanta- you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Well, and not only that, you're also learning about the world just like the characters in yeah. a way. And you re- re- it really envelops, it really immerses you yeah. in the story, in the world itself. Yeah, that's that's my approach, and I'm, I'm glad that works for you guys as well. So when you're writing, are you a, a panzer? Do you do a lot of outlining? Or what is your particular writing style? It's a bit of going back and forth between both. Okay. You know, I think I used to think that I was an outliner who just got stuck sometimes and that eventually I would somehow learn to outline and never, ever get stuck. <laughs> and then I realized that uh, kind of like with a lot of things, I think we're more on a spectrum than on, you know, one end or the other. Um, and I'd say that, you know, my my approach is what I've heard Brad Bollier call the inchworm process, you know, which is you sort of, you start with an outline um, and you get to a point and it's, you know, probably you've got kind of these general points in the distance so that, you know, you know where you're headed. Um, And the beginning of your outline is perhaps very detailed and the rest of it less so. And you figure out what you can, but you get to a point, you know, whether it's a, a few chapters in or a third of the book in or whatever, where you're, you just kind of don't know where to go next. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the point when I have to just get into the writing, um, kind of get immersed in, you know, the headspace of creating the world and the characters and, you know, putting it all together. And then it's easier to start to see things that were there that I missed or, you know, find new threads to develop um, you know, or get excited about, you know, all the things that are 
you know, just sort of bullet points on a page. Um, and then, you know, it's easier to step back once you've kind of, once you've written those scenes and say, okay, now I've got a better idea of where I'm going. Uh, but again, that only lasts so long. And then you think, okay, well, I've, I've got the near future planned out. Now let's write it out and kind of see where this takes us. So nice. that's that's been my process. No, it's a great process. And I like the fact that you get into your characters' heads. Um, it just says a lot because you, some people say it's crazy, but those characters actually do speak. And you find where you finally get into that mindset that they're actually wanting to go one direction when you're like, no, my aunt line says you're going that way. So, right. Yeah. And and great stories come out of that. I I know Bob Salvatore has mentioned many times his characters tell him what's going on with the story, and you know, at first I always thought that was crazy, but you know, kind of listening to other authors and writing myself, I, I found that it's more and more true because they have a story they want to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but sometimes you don't want them to tell their story. You want to tell your story. So I what know. do you do? Do you change the character or do you change the story? Well, that's a good question. What, <laughs> what do you do? Um, let me think. Because I had a fight with a character, and I had to end up changing the character to be able to fit the story, the story. outline. Because otherwise I'd be rewriting the entire book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it sort Not of bad. depends on no. the specifics. You know, I, I feel like sometimes when... um. If I hit one of those conflicts, I feel like the bigger problem for me is often that I haven't really figured out what the character's motivation is. Um, You know, so sometimes it's a question of digging in deeper into this character and saying, okay, this character feels like they're either not going along with this story or they're, they're you know, they're either going off in a different direction or they're just not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, And then I have to ask, okay, well, what does this character want right now? You know, like, have I set this character up with you know, something that they're going after or running away from. Um, I think the bigger problem I hit sometimes is that I haven't really figured out what it is about the story that they're engaged with. And so it'll still usually be the right general direction. It's just I have to nail down those specifics of, you know, is this, you know, security? Is this a particular relationship? Is this um, knowledge? Like, what is it that they're going towards? And how have we established that this is what they want? I like that answer. That's a great answer. Does that answer your question, Scott? It does, and it also calls me to repentance. <laughs> because apparently I didn't, I wasn't my character's head enough because he wouldn't have been in that situation. So it's really my fault. Which really, who, else, who else's fault would it be? But exactly. It's still hard to hear. You are the one writing. <laughs> um, so where do we go from here? We've got Cities and Thrones and The Buried Life Done. Uh, you know, The Song of the Dead is out. Where mm-hmm. do you go next? Well, lately I've been enjoying sleeping in a little bit and playing lots of video games <laughs> with my husband. So that's been nice. Uh, but I'm See, that's a marriage that in... works right there. It is. Um, but I'm starting to get back into a project that I was that I'd actually started working on um, before I sold this series. It's uh, it's a near future science fiction novel um, about corporate Mars colonization and a group of bare branches youths who get sent to sent to work on the colony. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm in, I'm in the interim phase of that where I've got about forty thousand words and a patchy outline. Uh, so it, you know, and lots of, lots of different characters and subplots kind of floating around. So I'm right now just trying to get back into, 
um, taking stock of what's there, sort of connecting all these loose pieces and uh, seeing what else it needs in order to, to move to define the story and move it forward, really. Yeah. So uh, just to take a step back, so what video games do you play with your husband? That That's very interesting. <laughs> oh, gosh, we, we play a lot of things. Um, at Halo, the moment... Say Halo. Please say Halo. <laughs> Sorry. No! no! Yes! <laughs> Dang it. Daniel, you win this round. Okay. I'll, I'll say this. If... Um, if the newest one had the uh, had split screen capabilities, I, I think know. we would totally be playing that one. Oh. Yeah, like, I, I think yeah. they made a big mistake taking big mistake. that away. Yeah, big mistake. Sorry, I will Which, stop yeah. leading this question and let you answer honestly. I'm I apologize. No, don't. This is I love talking about video games. <laughs> um, at the moment, we're playing uh, the new Resident Evil, which, to be perfectly honest, means he's playing Resident Evil, and I'm freaking out on the couch and holding onto our dog. <laughs> um, I I don't actually like playing survival horror, but I love watching people play survival horror. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember, what did we play before that? We um, <laughs> see, we played Dishonored two not long ago. Um, we enjoy. For split screen um, shooting, we had definitely enjoyed uh, Borderlands, Borderlands Two, and um, the prequel, pre sequel. That's what it was. Uh, had a lot of fun with those. Um, Portal Two, Portal Two. Yes, 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 that one was yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's the best way to kill um, your partner. I'm just telling you. Yeah, played the new Wolfenstein. Nice. Um, yeah, we've we've generally always got something we're going through, and it's just. You know, kind of one thing after the next. We played uh, the latest Deus Ex over over the holiday break. Um, so yeah, we we generally gravitate towards uh, something in the action adventure uh, RPG stories. You know, spectrum. Yeah, I I love your answers. They're awesome. You know, sometimes it's you know you expect like yeah we play Mario Kart or something like that, but you're like you're you're going hardcore <laughs> with these games. So that's awesome. So, I appreciate it. Yes, Scott does. Other than I the Halo play, thing, I need to play Dishonored. I need to. It's 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 one of my favorites. I love it. Well, now I really need to play it. It's going up on the purchase list. Sweet. So, with with your Mars book, um, what made you decide to jump to science fiction? I mean, because we kind of have a pretty heavy fantasy book here why science fiction or is that just something that's always been a love of yours that you just now are getting to this is also science fantasy isn't it or, or science it, you know yeah the the recoletta trilogy technically is science fantasy which i honestly think was just the genre category they gave it because nobody else knew what to call it okay um i understand that one it, yeah it's very strange because like it, it doesn't have magic in it um you know or or you know, deities or, uh, you know, any of the other trappings you normally associate with fantasy. Um, it also doesn't really have, uh, you know, special, special technologies that you, or, or at least those things don't play a very big role. Um, yeah, the, the science fiction trappings are pretty light too. Um, but I've, I've always been interested in both genres, you know, and, and in a lot of things across the, um, spec, the wider speculative fiction genre. Yeah. So, you know, the, my, my first three books just happened to be 
you know, more fantasy-ish because the first one was fantasy. Yeah. Um, not because I'm necessarily thinking of myself as, like, primarily a fantasy writer. Um, so for me, it doesn't really feel like a switch because it's still definitely in the vein of what I enjoy reading and what I've always wanted to write. But, but yeah, it is, it is fairly different genre-wise from what I've been working on lately. Okay. Well, I, I like that. I and it's re- the only reason I ask is because it's really nice to see authors that aren't just staying in one spot. They're trying to branch out and I guess flex their writing muscles in a way and write different stuff because you never know what else they can come up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I I think it's you know I think at the end of the day you have to write what you're going to enjoy writing because yeah. you know it's it's a lot of work. But I think there's something refreshing about being able to dip into a variety of genres, both as a reader and a writer, um, because I think, you know, there's a, a lot you can learn from all of them. And I think that can, you know, maybe help get you out of, you know, some of the tropes of your favorite that exist in other genres. Yeah. Now, okay. So another question. After the book is done, it's it's been shipped off. It's out on the shelves at the bookstore. Do you ever read it again? I haven't yet. Okay. Um, I think, you know, I guess with the first two books, I did I did reread, you know, those or portions of them in order to prepare me for the sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just to make sure I was, you know, fresh on the details. Okay. Um, but I, I haven't really ever picked up one of my own books and read them for pleasure. Okay. Now, I mean, the, the re- again, the reason I ask, uh, there's been a few other authors that we've so- spoken to that have said, no, once it's published, I never touch that book again because otherwise I start seeing things I want to change and edit. So, yeah, hmm, I, I think I, w- I, no, I know I would too. Um, I mean, and when I've, like, when I've gone back to either, you know, pick out a section to do for a reading or to, to skim through you know, again, to freshen up on the details, I've definitely had that reaction, like, oh, why did I do that? Yeah. If only I could change it. It's it's kind of like hearing your voice on a recording. You're like, oh, gosh, I sound like that? Yeah. <laughs> I was a little bit nasally that day, or I must have been sick. Yeah. Do, mm-hmm. do other people notice this? Is it just me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. That's why I never listened to the show again after we've recorded it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'll go back and listen every I'll time. start picking... Things apart, but uh, I would. I do want to slap myself sometimes. Just like, oh, why would you make a comment like that? Oh, don't make that <laughs> voice ever again. Yeah, never. Mm-hmm. You should it's, never go about this octave. Never. Yeah. It's the same way with writing. So exactly. Now the book released uh, on May second, correct? Yes. So it's already been out there for almost a month. So and the, and the great thing is, anyone that hasn't read the series now can get the whole series in one shebang. Mm-hmm. Which is just awesome. You don't have to wait a year or two. You can get all three books just now, which I'm suggesting our listeners go do. I do admit I waited to read the Harry Potter books until all of them came out, and it was so much more convenient that way because I could binge read or binge listen yeah. in some cases. Yeah. Now, are these... I always wonder... Oh, go go, no, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just saying, I always wonder how many people, you know, wait to read this, wait to read a series. You know, they wait until it's finished, and how many people just kind of pick it up and go as they're released. I think the... The answer to that is how many books are in this series? You know, That's a good question. Yeah, Will I mean, of Time. There's no way you're Yeah, if you're up. doing Will of Time, 
you would have had to wait forever for to binge that, or even Brandon Sanderson's um, Stormlight Archives. I mean, there's only three out of ten or eleven books out so far. I mean, if you want to binge on that, you're going to be waiting a while. Um, yeah. But you know, I think a three book series is probably a little bit easier to do something like that compared to a much larger one like that. So. But that's yeah. Yeah, I mean, for those out there that haven't picked up the book. I mean, I would say go do it. It's a fantastic read. Um, well, now you have all three to be able to And you can up. get all three, which is yeah. even, I mean, that's just an awesome thing. You know, birthday, three books, holidays. Well, also the covers go really well together. Yeah. They do. I, I love the covers. I mean, they're not over the top, but each of them have a very rich color scheme and really cool picture. So, I mean, who is the cover artist? His name's John Coulthard, and he's based in the UK. Um, and yeah, he's absolutely wonderful. I know he's done a number of covers for Angry Robot, the the publisher. Um, and yeah, they all have like this—I don't know—like this wonderful graphical feel um, that you know they really communicate sort of a sensibility mm-hmm. um, as much as anything. And, and I think that's what I like—that's what I like in book covers and in previews, like. I don't want to know what's going to happen. I want to know how it's going to make me feel. Yeah. And I love that his covers, you know, communicate this this sort of feeling and this atmosphere of, you know, mystery and conflict and all these things rather than like, you know, here's your lineup of the characters and here's what they look like. Yeah. No, I mean, but that's it, also a personal preference. No, I, I agree on that. It's enough to pique your interest. And kind of give you a scene of what you would see in the book, but it doesn't give away anything, which yes. I really love. Uh, you know, and I and I like how they're very they're all kind of very similar but different as well. I mean, it's oh, he did a fantastic job. Yeah, he he really did. I, I think he you know they all they all have a slightly different flavor. You know, the first one's very much a mystery. Um, the second one's a lot more of a thriller, and and this one's a novel of journey and discovery. Um, and I think he captured those, that shift in each of those covers, which was really fantastic. Nice. Do you have any further questions? Well, Scott? I, and admittingly, I have not read these books yet. Um, yes, these are they're on my to read list. I have a long to read list. I'm the <laughs> ignorant one of this uh, of this discussion. Um, and so I guess what to, oh, what can I, as a pre reader. What is the most exciting part for you as an author for me to read? Like, what are you looking forward to? Like, what character or what situation are you just looking forward to me reading and going, ooh, hee-hee? Hmm. You know, okay, I'll preface this with my favorite thing about Battlestar Galactica. Um, my favorite thing about Battlestar Galactica was how much how much they changed the characters over the course of the season. Yeah. I mean, the, the series. You know, so it's it's not like I could say, oh, this is the one episode or the one scene or the one moment that I thought just made it. It's more like, taken all together, it's incredible just the journey that each of these characters goes through and how you love and hate the best and the worst of them, you know, at different times. Um, you know, they, they go through such a range. And my hope uh, with uh, with this series is that you would have the same experience with those characters. And so it's not that there's one moment that I'm thinking, I can't wait till you get to this scene. It's, I can't wait till you experience their journey. Um, 
and and see them change and surprise themselves and hopefully surprise you as well. So I'd say that's what I'm looking forward to it for readers. Ooh. I love that answer because you just sold all three books right there. Yeah. The yeah. only way to find pure joy is the whole ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, way to go, Daniel. Way to tear it. I liked it. I thought it was a great answer, and that is that is exciting. That that does sell me on all three books. So I know No, that, that was yeah. fantastic because that, that is what this really is, is a journey of these characters from beginning to end. And you can't enjoy it without all three books. Yeah. Perfect. I'm looking forward to reading it. Scott already has your the Amazon page up. <laughs> Thank you guys for the assist. That was wonderful. Yes, no. So, listeners out there, go out, check out the book. It's available uh, on Amazon. It's, uh, I'm assuming, at Barnes & Noble, anywhere else books are sold, correct? Yes, correct. Um, so, Carrie Patel, you'll be able to find it very easily. Uh, wow, you're just going to lo- love this story. It's going to be a great journey for you from book one to three. And that's the great part. You can get all three right now. And, I, I mean, it looks like, what, the book's on sale right now on Amazon? So even better. Go run and grab it. It's on sale. Yeah, not one of them is over seven bucks. Oh, even, oh the, for the Kindle. Awesome. So you can run out and grab the Kindle edition of that. I, I, okay, so admittingly, I like to stalk our uh, guests <laughs> as I'm on with them. You're working at Obsidian Entertainment right now? Yes. Nice. And what do you do there? I am a narrative designer. See, and I saw that, and I was just like, what is a narrative? What is that? I just love that title. I want that title, Narrative Designer. It's a pretty fabulous title. It's it's basically story and character design as well as writing for the games we create. So I've worked on the Pillars of Eternity series. I'm still working on it. Uh, So that's, yeah, both, you know, the big picture stuff like story development, uh, world building, lore Mm. development, uh, companion definition, and also... You know, the the nitty-gritty, writing out the dialogues, um, you know, and whatever other text appears in-game, basically. I think you just described Daniel's dream job right there. Yeah. That would be awesome. It's a pretty fabulous job. I'm I'm very, very fortunate and happy to be here. You you get a write for video games, and then you get a write for books. Holy crap. (laughs) I'm in the wrong day job. Yeah, wrong state, really, is what it comes down to. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. So, that is true. Uh, now, where can the listeners find you? If there's, you know, is there any conventions you're going to be at? Is there any signings you're doing? Or is, where can they find you online? Let's see. Uh, as far as conventions and signings go, I'll be at Worldcon in Helsinki this year. Uh, that's in August. Um, I'm also, I'm doing a uh, discussion and signing about ending series uh, with Tex Thompson and Adam Rakunis at Borderlands in San Francisco on uh, Saturday, June 10th. And I'm doing a discussion uh, with uh, fellow authors S.B. Divya, Tex Thompson, and Paul Kruger at the Last Bookstore in Los Angeles on Wednesday, June 14th at 7.30. Um, and as far as online goes, on Twitter, I'm Carrie underscore Patel, um, and I have a, a blog at electronicinkblog.com, so that's where I'll be. All right. Well, listeners, you know where to find her. You know where to pick up her book, and I suggest you do it. And uh, well, I think we're done. 
I think this that's is, it. This is awesome. So pick up the, a copy of the book, and with that said, we're out of here.